Welcome to C. diff spores and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website, cloroxhealthcare.com, to learn more about keeping environments safer with Clorox Healthcare. Today's episode, we will be discussing C. difficile infections and caregiving. Key points from professional and family caregivers, Linda Davis, RN, Charlotte Johnson, uh, Masters in Education, and Renata Johnson, a C. diff survivor. Right now, I would like to set the stage. There's a quote we found. Uh, Rosalind Carter, former First Lady of the United States, really said it well. There are only four kinds of people in this world. Those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers. Caregiving is universal. And according to Caregiving in the United States uh, 2016, the National Survey conducted had found that there are 40 million Americans providing care for an adult family member or a friend, and few of these identify themselves as a caregiver. So at this time, it is my pleasure to introduce our first guest on the show, Linda Davis, and thank you so much for joining us today, Linda. Thank you, Nancy. That's a beautiful quote that says it all. I, you know, I agree with you. That's, it was really um, a great find uh, and uh, a great way to start, you know, start the show. And, you know, Linda, we're so glad that you're here with us today. And if you wouldn't mind, um, you know, I know you have so much experience in this. And can you explain to the audience exactly what is a caregiver? Sure. Well, like the quote stated, it's, it can be most anyone. And um, it's most often friends, family, um, and it can also be paid providers. Um, it's people that do assist people with and take on responsibilities for others' physical and emotional care for someone who is unable to take care of themselves no longer. So that could be due to illness. It could be to injury. It could be due to disability. It could be due to people's cognitive abilities. Um, other places that do assist other than what I've just shared can be um, places such as independent living, assisted living facilities, uh, nursing home settings, and also home care settings where people can be providing care from a home care agency into a family's home uh, to assist that person. Exactly. Thanks so much, Linda, for sharing that. And Linda, are there allied health programs in communities that you know, individuals can learn how to be a professional caregiver? Definitely. There's many settings. Um, it depends on what type of allied health you choose. It could be nursing. It could be occupational therapy. It could be physical therapy. But I'm going to focus mostly on certified nursing assistants or personal care assistants. Um, every state has their own regulations, but several places such as vocational or technical schools can um, assist in teaching. There's online courses. Hospitals may um, provide that, and, of course, colleges and universities. Um, there's also some private uh, businesses that do provide um, uh, settings such as for certified nursing assistants. Um, to become certified, and they would be considered a professional. Okay, so they would be they would end up taking some kind of a quiz, or actually um, more of a, a testing to get like maybe state certified. Correct. Correct. Yes, every state has their own regulations. Some places call people that assist personal care assistants. Sometimes they call them home health aides. But the people that have gone to school and taken exams and taken the state test are typically certified nursing assistants. And again, like I say, it's state to state. It it it, it um it differs in states. Okay, exactly. And Linda, on a typical day, what do caregivers do? 
Well, again, it varies on the needs of that particular person. It could be extreme or it could be simple tasks, but it does cover many things such as household chores, cleaning, doing laundry. It could be helping with pet care. It could be cooking and bathing. It could be helping someone walking. Um, Frequently, people need assistance getting transported to the doctor's offices. Um, That person can also help with their medications and go to them for doctor appointments. Um, And that person, depending on that person needing the help, could be also the advocate for uh, that person at a physician's office or a hospital or someone being taken care of at, you know, a clinic. Okay. Thank you, Linda, for sharing that. And Linda, there are family members we know out in the, the world who are take caring, who are caring for uh, individuals and take on the role of a caregiver. How does this impact their overall life as a caregiver? It's very stressful because, um, you know, it, it impacts every portion of a person's life. So it impacts someone who's working. It also impacts them having other relationships. And caregiver stress is very um, often found out there. Um, There's something called caregiver burnout. Uh, People can become physically ill, emotionally, you know, agitated and irritated. Um, And the self-care is very, very important for someone caring for others it's kind of that scenario on the airplane. If you do not take the oxygen mask first, how can you help someone else? So if you do not regenerate or care for yourself, how can you help others? Um, frequently, caregivers do neglect their own physical and emotional needs because they're focusing on providing assistance to others and feel like, how can I find time for myself? Well, it's extremely important that someone does that. Uh, things the caregiver can do is attempt to delegate responsibilities to other people they trust, um, accept help, possibly from the outside, such as I mentioned, home care agencies. Um, They can go to support groups. There's caregiving support groups out there. Um, And again, taking care of themselves is absolutely important. They have to balance their life in order to be able to really um, help others. It can be extremely stressful especially for family members who do not live close by. Exactly. It is a very stressful um, self-giving role that uh, individuals play. And uh, you mentioned advocate. uh, And, you know, it's really important that individuals become a strong advocate when they're a caregiver. And with that come legal documents. And now, Linda, Can you discuss and share what kind of legal documents individuals being cared for should have in place? Sure. I mean, all of us should have them and not have it at a time of crisis. We should all be prepared in case the need arises. But there's something called a health care power of attorney or proxy. It's different in states. But basically, that helps someone advocate for you if you're unable to make any decisions. Uh, There's also called a durable power of attorney where um, that person can assist the person with their financial needs and also uh, paying some bills. And then, of course, there's the advanced directive or the living will, or sometimes it's called five wishes, where it does spell out your wishes in the event you're unable to make any decisions. And then, of course, I'm sure all of us are used to the HIPAA documents that you sign when you go to an office, a clinic, or it's the Healthcare Insurance Portability and Privacy Act, where it allows information to be shared to specific people on your behalf. So all of those are very important to have. Um, and again, it's best to have them before a crisis arrives. And um, they can be found in um, hospitals, some of the documents. Some can be found online, um, and attorneys that do specialize in estate planning do have those documents as well. Wonderful. Yeah, that's really important, and thanks so much, Linda. Um, It'll save the family uh, a lot uh, knowing 
you know, they'll know the what the individual and the family member uh, really want their, their needs and, and everything's discussed up front. And Linda, how does an individual find a caregiver when there aren't any family members in the local area? Well, there's nowadays there are many families that do live far, many states away. And it's extremely difficult to help care for that individual from a distance. But there are um, people out there called care managers who can help oversee the care of your, you know, family member. When you're not able to be with that person, they can oversee all care. Um, They can assist with medicines. They can assist with appointments. Um, They can also uh, make sure the caregivers are being sent to the uh, person's home, if that's the case. Um, There's also the home care agencies I've talked about that can provide certified nursing assistants and nurses. Um, The other thing there is is social services. There's possibilities of going to the social services in your state and ask for some assistance. They may be able to give some free care. Uh, Also, senior centers have sometimes volunteers who will drive people to appointments. Of course, there's Meals on Wheels that can help people with their uh, food needs as well. And for those uh, persons who might have some memory issues, there are adult day programs out there in each city most often that can help take care of that person uh, when you're not able to be there. That's a wealth of information. Thanks so much, Linda. Linda, before we go to break, um, can you share with our audience uh, any are there any alternatives to having a caregiver? Sure. Well, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes the needs of that person um, outdo what that family member or a friend or even a professional can do. So sometimes for the safety of that that patient, that person, um, being, you know, agreeing to go to an independent living setting where there's people around, there's lots of activities, or again, for those who need some assistance, assist in living communities, um, as well as a nursing home setting would be alternatives. There are also smaller settings such as group homes that maybe have five or seven people within the facility that it's a home setting type setting where people can go and um, uh, obtain some care. Okay. Well, Linda, thank you so much for sharing all of this important information with our global listeners today. And right now we are going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing C. difficile infections and caregiving key points from caregivers with our guest, Charlotte Johnson. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org and plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton Hotel. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? 
washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. If you miss the live broadcast of C. Diff Spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure to introduce our next guest, Charlotte Johnson, uh, to the program. And Charlotte, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, Nancy. You are so welcome. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. And Charlotte, would you like to share your experience in the role of a caregiver to your loved one diagnosed with a C. difficile infection? I would be honored to. Okay. So I'm here, I'm here today to talk to you from a caregiver's perspective. In August of 2018, my mom was in the hospital for her pacemaker implant. She was hospitalized for a few days. Almost immediately after arriving home, she started to feel very sick and nauseous. I kept trying to keep her positive and tell her she was probably very weak from the surgery she had just had and maybe needed more time to heal. She went to her doctor and he told her the same thing. However, weeks passed by and she still wasn't getting any better. In fact, she was becoming more and more weak. She was starting to lose weight. Every time I was around her, I could tell that she was trying to be strong for me. We used to always go pick up lunch together on Saturdays when I would come visit, and she stopped wanting to go and barely ever wanted to eat. Pretty soon it became so bad that even the smell of my own food was making her sick. Finally, after almost two months of my mom constantly questioning her doctors, we discovered that she had an infection called C. diff. This was completely new to us and we had never heard of this before. My mom and I immediately started to research about this infection, trying to find out anything we could about it. Unlike other diseases, there wasn't really a lot of information out there about C. diff. Thankfully, we discovered the C. diff Foundation website, and that became our saving grace for information. Lucky for my mom, she's a fighter. She's like a scientist who carefully observes and questions absolutely everything, She doesn't accept just the first answer given to her and move on. Some might call this hard-headed, but she's my superhero for me. As a caregiver, one thing that I've learned from my mom is to never accept the first answer given, whether it's about medicine or even just what to eat. Do your research. This is especially important for anyone going through C. diff infection. I know that my mom still has so many unanswered questions about C. diff, but I can 100% say today that she's still here because she is a fighter. The best way my mom knew how to fight this infection was by learning about it and both of us becoming advocates for her. My mom listened to all the wonderful conferences that the C. diff Foundation offers for free to patients. Every single conference that she's listened to has helped her in some way or another. Finally, after months of battling, going through four recurrences, losing over 40 pounds, and barely able to walk to the mailbox, my mom requested an FMT in July of 2019. Thankfully, the transplant was a success. I remember in the beginning that my mom wanted me to make sure we didn't tell anyone at all what was going on with her health. My mom didn't want anyone to know that she had C. diff. Friends and family all knew that she was sick and no longer wanted to go out into public places, but nobody knew the specific details. If anyone asked what was wrong, I tried to put the blame on her heart issues and quickly move on. Looking back, this may have been because she was embarrassed or simply didn't have enough information about this to be able to speak up. Since this infection is so unheard of by most people, it definitely makes it hard to provide the support that a patient might truly need. 
However, I think if you know someone who's going through this, my number one advice is just to be there for them. We as caregivers will never even possibly come close to understanding what the patient is going through. The best we can do is support them in any way possible. For me, it was helping my mom research about C. diff, helping her with chores around the house, going to the grocery stores for her, and other tasks just to help her out. As I said before, my mom didn't want for me to share what was going on with her. Actually, it was only about a month or two ago after my mom had another trip to the emergency room when I finally told one of my closest friends what all had happened. I think it's kind of like a merry-go-round of consequences of not speaking up because, you see, when someone is diagnosed with something else such as cancer, you immediately tell loved ones and then the loved ones tell friends and everybody has heard of cancer and they just immediately know how to provide support during that difficult time. But very few have heard of C. diff and don't understand how hard it is for the patient to go through this and can't even begin to understand the terrible toll this infection takes on someone. I can't speak for everyone diagnosed with this infection, but for us, I guess it was because we had never heard of this before that we didn't even want to share what was really happening. I've learned a lot over the past few years about this infection. I recently realized how important it is to speak up, learn, share from your experiences so that others can hopefully learn from you. If you are a patient or a caregiver, I highly encourage you to please share about your experiences. The more people can learn about this infection, the better we can support each other going through this. To this day, my mom still suffers from side effects after having this infection. She is like a roller coaster and has her good days and bad days. She slowly started to gain some weight back. Her lowest weight was at about 103 pounds, and she has slowly crept up to the 120s now. She still has an incredibly strict diet and a lot of side effects. Most of all, the fear will probably almost always linger as she wonders if she's having another recurrence every time she isn't feeling too great. As I said before, my mom is my own personal superhero, but we as caregivers can make a difference and be their superhero by simply sharing information and awareness to others about C. diff and being their advocate. I'm actually amazed how once I started sharing about C. diff to my friends, they became more and more curious and started asking questions, just wanting to personally know and learn more about it. Hopefully, this awareness continues to spread to help out others. I'm a teacher, so I want to conclude by sharing with you one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Seuss. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you will go. In my mom's case, reading and learning information from the Seed of Foundation helped her to become her own advocate and helped me to become an advocate for her so we could learn more about this infection. Please don't give up. If you know someone who's battling this infection, encourage them to keep learning and never give up. The only way to get through this is to keep fighting. At this point, I'd like to say thank you to Nancy Kerala, who is the creator and president of the CETA Foundation, for all of her incredible hard work she does all year round. Without this foundation, a lot of CETA patients wouldn't have anywhere to turn for help. I'd also like to thank some of the sponsors from the CETA Foundation, such as Dr. Katarina Aneto, Dr. Paul Feuerstadt, Karen Factor, and David Bishop for always donating so much time and offering sessions available for the CDF patients and survivors and sharing their expertise with us. Thank you so much for listening. Charlotte, yes? I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your journey and as a caregiver. Um, it just, you know, tears, it just tears my heart out because you know, with your experience and your words, you will help others around the world know that they are not alone. So thank with that, you. I thank you so much. Uh, and that's so important. And that's why we do what we do. So with that, I'm going to say thank you. Uh, and we are going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we will continue discussing C. difficile infections and caregiving key points from caregivers with our guest, Renata Johnson, a C. diff survivor. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. If you missed the live broadcast of C. diff spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org and plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton Hotel. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff spores and more. And thank you so much for joining us today. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest, Renata Johnson, to the program. Renata is a C. diff survivor and is going to share her experiences as a caregiver also. And welcome to the program, Renata. Thank you, Nancy. It's been always a pleasure to speak with you all. At the beginning, I didn't know anything about this disease, and it was very rare brain disorder. And uh, back about 20 years ago, there wasn't much available to research about this disease. Our daughter was 11 years old at that time, the disease caused the problems with uh, eyes movement, walking, later with swallowing, thinking, and more. His eyes was gradually getting paralyzed vertically, and also his throat, which uh, required to change his normal food to finally chopped and eventually purified. Eventually, he had a hard time walking and required a wheelchair and assistant pretty much with everything. As we were getting uh, through the stages, I was learning more about this disease and how to carefully help him and keep him safe. Every day was very busy. My young daughter was helping as much as she could, such as feeding him, taking him out uh, on his wheelchair, and helping him exercise. I had learned to prepare his food, and uh, as uh, swallowing difficulties progressed, helping him with his hygiene getting dressed, and other daily activities of living. Eventually, he needed to be transferred to a nursing home facility. It was beyond our ability to take care of him in the home settings. This was a very painful and emotional decision to make, and uh, through the guidance of healthcare professionals during the hospitalization, my husband was moved to the nursing facility. Thank you. Thank you so much, Renata, for sharing that experience with our global listeners. And um, did you become a caregiver to others around you after taking care of your husband, Renata? Yes. After the passing of my husband, I learned of the decline of health of our neighbor, a close friend 
who was like our grandfather to us. We called him Papa and offered him room in our home to be better watch over his care since he was hearing and vision impaired. It was a totally different ball game. I needed to put myself into his shoes. I put cotton into my ears and was closing my eyes so I so that way I could better understand how a person with this condition feels like and goes through. We already had some gray bars in the bathroom and I added a red color tape on each one to increase his safety. I also put red tape on the door frames and threshold so he could be aware of objects. In the dining room, I put tape on the top of the chair so he could see the chair. I was always sitting by the side where he had the hearing aid. We removed uh, all the area rocks so he wouldn't trip and made a clear path into his bedroom so he wouldn't run into furniture. We also bought big headphones for his TV so that he could hear better and then he could control the volume and same time decrease the sounds in the house. I also purchased a battery-operated small doorbell, and he had the push button in his bedroom and another one in the bathroom just in case he needed help. I also got him an emergency alert button that he could call for help in case he fell while we were not at home. These steps we took maintenance, his safety, and keep him as independent for as long as possible. Because Grandpa also had diabetes, I needed to watch his diet and help him check his sugar daily. Gradually, his vision was getting worse and also his hearing. He could only see a little bit with one eye and hear only a little with one ear. As we were walking outside, we were gradually developing different signals by tapping on his arm while I was saying uh, out loud instructions such as, watch for the curb, or turn to the left or right. Eventually, he just memorized the silent signals. Grandpa stayed with us for 10 years. Then, unfortunately, one morning, he had an accidental fall as he was rushing to the bathroom and ended up in the hospital. Later, they transferred him to a rehab facility where he started to decline and died at age 89. We still greatly miss him. I bet you do. And what an extraordinary job. I mean, you and your daughter just really, between your husband and your and your really good friend, Papa, amazing, Renata. And we just really embrace the, the ways that you were able to use a small doorbell uh, and, and create an emergency call, you know, that and to everything to keep him safe. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. We know we appreciate you sharing the ama- amazing safety tips that you helped create and keep him Papa safe while he was living with you. And great ideas for our uh, global listeners who are with us today. And Renata, um, in in the meantime, are there any anyone else? You know, you've been you you're not only a family member. Uh, caregiver, but also a professional caregiver. Um, were you? Yes. Are you able to share that experience with us? Yes. Shortly after Papa passed away, I started think uh, started take care of one elderly lady in a senior community. Let's call her Eva to maintain privacy. She was diagnosed with progressive memory impairment. At that point, I wanted to improve my caregiving skills, and I went to school to obtain my state license. Eva was staying at the independent site of an assisted living facility. I was taking care of Eva for about four years. The school helped me more understand how people with memory impairment function and how to help them. I was trying to make her do things for herself with my supervision, encourage her if she made a mistake, Never argue, never use words like uh, don't re- you don't remember or you forgot something. Every day we did the same things to keep daily schedule. I let her do as much as she could by herself and ver- verbally apprised her when she did good job. If she made mistake, I comforted her with words such as, oh, don't worry, I make the same mistakes all the time. 
If she kept being upset, I just redirect her to something else so she forgot what was going on. I was always placing Idam in the same place, not changing anything because it would confuse her and she would get frustrated. Usually people up to a certain degree of memory loss will still realize they're losing their memory and it's frustrating and very depressing for them. We were daily walking the same path in the facility area, playing games and putting together puzzles. We also went to a nearby mall as soon as they opened the lobby and walked through the hallways. It gave her good exercise, and usually there were only a few people jogging, so she wasn't getting overwhelmed. Eventually, her family decided to transfer her inside the assisted living facility, which wasn't really designed for people like Eva. The change was very stressful for her and confusing, and eventually she needed to be placed into a different facility. After two years, I retired uh, from uh, this work and enjoyed my own life until my own health deteriorated, and now I continue sharing caregiving information through presentations and the caregiver support group offered by the CD Foundation to help others in this uh, role. Thank you all so much for listening. Well, thank you, Renata, so much for sharing. Your insight and key points will help make a difference in our global listeners caring for others in both a professional capacity and caring for others in a home setting. Uh, And right now, um, we thank you so much, Renata, and we are going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we will continue discussing C. difficile infections and caregiving, key points for caregivers with our guest, Renata Johnson, a C. diff survivor. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org and plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton Hotel. If you missed the live broadcast of C. diff spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. 
Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. And welcome back to the program, and thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Renata Johnson, C. diff survivor to the program. Welcome back to the program, Renata. Thank you, Nancy. It's been always a pleasure to speak with you all. Oh, thank you so much. And Renata, would you like to share some key points from today's program and, and add any closing comments before we sign off today? Yes. As I said earlier, I am former caregiver. And um, I didn't mention earlier, after two years, uh, uh, oh, I mean, after four years, when I stopped uh, uh, taking care of Anna, I started work uh, for assisted living facility, and it was a big change for myself. The residents liked me because I was almost 60 years old, and I guess a little closer to their age uh, and uh, compared to the young ones mainly. It was a hard work, but the smile on their face and appreciation was my reward. After two years I re- retired, fr- retired from this work, I enjoyed my own life until my own health deteriorated, and now I continue sharing caregiving information through presentations and the caregiver support offered by the CD Foundation to help others in this role and uh, that's what I am doing now. So as I said earlier, I am former caregiver. Caregiving is not exactly easy job. It requires a lot of patience, compassion, and understanding. Now I am myself a patient and a CD survivor. My daughter is pretty much my only caregiver, and that I could count on and rely on. I also realized as a patient that I can't just sit and wait for help and put everything on her shoulders. So I became advocate for myself, fight and research. I would like to suggest this to, to other patients also. Advocating for, for yourself is very important. Please never give up. As I was going through the CDF infection, we were together with my daughter researching everything we could. My daughter found the CD Foundation website, and we were pleasantly surprised about all of the wonderful programs they are offering, such as free conferences on the phone that are offered once a month with Dr. Katerina Oneto and Dr. Paul Feuerstadt. You can also ask them questions related to your CD infection, and you will get their opinion and advice. You just need to understand that you still need to keep your own doctor who is treating you and prescribing you your medications. There is also a conference once a month with a certified dietitian, Karen Factor, who will help you with your diet. When you are going through this infection, it is very important to know what food you can eat and what food you should avoid. Other valuable research that's uh, available is once a month about caregiving with host Dave Bishop and other healthcare professionals. You can get uh, lots of tips and information about how to take care of yourself or your loved ones. Also learn about proper hygiene to prevent or stop the spread of CD spores how to stay safe and not get infection. It would be also a very good idea if your family joined the session with you so they can better understand also. As far as preventing the growth of CD spores, 
I was introduced to EPA-registered products to disinfect my house. You can learn more about that by visiting the cdfoundation.org and click on the Home Care tab with a little heart next to it. Also, offer these programs that I just mentioned can be accessed by going to the CD website at www.cdfoundation.org. Under the tab CD Global Telesupport is on this page where you can sign up for all the telesupport programs for free. You can also download the, the mobile app called CDFNU, which is available from the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Signing up for the telesupport sessions is very easy to do. You can also learn more about these programs by calling the CD Foundation at 727-205-3922. I went through the fecal microbiota transplant to stop CD recurrences, but another thing you can try are clinical trials because we all are different with various health conditions. Not every treatment is suitable for everyone. Just visit a special website at cdfclinicaltrials.org. If you are able to, there is something that you can do for the CD Foundation. It's by volunteering in your area. For example, you can just spread flyers to the doctor's offices Help educate people about this infection. Just go on the website at www.cdfoundation.org. At this point, I would like to say thank you to Nancy Carolla, who is the creator and president of the CD Foundation for all the incredible and hard work she is doing all year round. Without this foundation, and lots of patients wouldn't have nowhere to turn for help. Also, I would like to use this occasion to say thank you to all the sponsors of the City Foundation. Dr. Katerina Oneto, Dr. Paul Feuerstadt, Karen Factor, and David Bishop for donating their time and offering once a month free sessions available for all CDF patients and survivors and sharing their medical expertise with us. Thank you for listening. No, we thank you so much, Renata, for sharing all that important information with our global listeners and letting them know they're not alone. Uh, we're here to help, and we will find a way to help. And by the way, the telesupport conference calls that are available that Renata had just discussed, they are available from 57 countries. So there is a listing of countries uh, with their access telephone numbers on the website. Uh, and Renata, what can I say? Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, and right now I'd like to thank uh, Linda, Charlotte, and Renata for joining us today on CDIP Spores and More. And we are grateful for your dedication to the CDIP community. So thank you very much, Renata, for being with us. Thank you, thank you so much, Nancy. As I mentioned, uh, uh, I don't know what we would do without you. <laughs> well, let's not find out, and we'll just keep on going. <laughs> keep on going and that. keep learning and learning. That's right. And just, the more that we learn, the more we up. get to share with others. Exactly. Yes. Well, at this the time, more we learn, the more we know. Exactly. And at this time, the members of the CDF Foundation would like to thank Faring Pharmaceuticals for being the global sponsor, Ceres Therapeutics for being the diamond sponsor, Pfizer for being the gold sponsor, Acurix Pharmaceuticals, and Merck for being the silver sponsors of this year's 5th Annual Global CDF Awareness Walks taking place on September 25th. For more information, please visit the CDF Foundation's website, cdifffoundation.org or cdifwalks.com and on November 1st it is going to be CDIF Survivors Day please join us online on November 1st for a live online meeting November 4th and 5th a two day 
the ninth annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo, live online two-day event. Registration is complimentary this year, and to learn more about this event, please visit the cdifffoundation.org or cdiff2021.com. This is a healthcare-dedicated uh, conference, and it is our annual ninth annual conference. Our thanks to Series Therapeutics for being the diamond sponsor, Faring Pharmaceuticals for being the platinum sponsor, Acurix Pharmaceuticals for being the audio sponsor, with the gold, silver, and bronze sponsors of this year's conference. Thank you for making it possible. We look forward to seeing everyone online in November. To learn more about clinical trials focused on C. diff infections and recurrent C. diff infections, prevention and treatments, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website or a dedicated website with C. diff clinical trial examples, cdiffclinicaltrials.com. Help them to help you to help others. We send out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated for and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with a reminder, none of us are, can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, good continued healing, and a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern Time, for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. 